You're listening to the Sharper Edge Ministries podcast. Our mission, to train church ministry leaders to more effectively guide people to a passionate relationship with Jesus Christ. And now your host, Peter Lopez. Hello, ministry leaders, and welcome to another episode of the Sharper Edge Ministries podcast. I am so glad to welcome you now to episode number 38 as we inch ever closer to episode number 50, which will be a big one for us here in our ministry. Well, each one of our episodes is directed at providing guidance that enables the ministry leaders of Maranatha to be able to be empowered so that they can adequately approach leadership within our church ministries. In our previous episode, which, by the way, if you haven't heard, first thing I encourage you to do is stop this podcast and go back and listen to the previous podcast. It was called Guiding the Growing, and that podcast release date was October the 16th. It was episode 37. I definitely encourage you to listen to that one before you continue in this one. But in that episode, we established already some groundwork about the way that our ministry has seemed to entered into a time of deep personal growth for individuals. There are many individuals within our ministry right now that are experiencing a significant amount of deep personal growth. It's an exciting thing to be a part of, but one of the aspects of this that I am becoming more and more aware of is that as people begin to experience deep personal growth, it also is accompanied with a lot of inner conflict so that as an individual is growing, the individual is experiencing a severe amount of inner conflict. Essentially, what happens is the flesh and the spirit are entering into an all-out war. Their flesh is not dying easy. And most of the time, what necessitates the need for such deep personal growth is the fact that an individual has been so rooted and grounded into a rhythm of sin, essentially, in their actions, whether it's uh, sin on the outside or it's sins of the spirit that they have been dealing with. These are the things that deep personal growth reveals to an individual, and it creates tremendous conflict. The flesh does not die easy. Because of this, it is going to be a time for our ministry that we are already in and is going to continue to intensify on how do we as ministry leaders begin to guide people through the process of growing in Christ when they're experiencing all of these difficulties and challenges and we need to step in. So in our last episode, we just talked to the ministry leaders about preparing yourself as a leader to be able to provide guidance for the growing. In this brief podcast episode, I would like to talk about your motivations. The motivations for guiding is so important. So this, again, is zeroing in on you, the ministry leaders. The why of everything we do is a question that you must constantly ask yourself. Why and why? Why are you a ministry leader? And why do you feel like this? And why is it important for you to approach that situation this way? And why do you do the things you do? The why is important because the why enables you to determine the motive, which ultimately allows you to function in the fullness of the Spirit of God or to actually function within your own power. If you're constantly asking yourself why, you're going to find that that will help you to be able to stay in the place that you want to be in relationship to God 
and also in relationship to your leadership position. I'd like to, in this podcast episode, give you three lesser motivations. Now, I call them lesser because I don't want to call them wrong. In fact, I wrote down wrong, scratched it out, and wrote down lesser. I don't want to say they're wrong because they're things that we would oftentimes look at individuals and say, yeah, how could you say that's wrong? The problem is if you're using any of these motivations, though they don't feel wrong, they definitely will be lesser because they will negatively impact your ability to assist and guide people. So I'm calling them three lesser motivations because they won't feel wrong, even though they will definitely be lesser. And then what I want to do is then end the podcast episode by giving you three motivations that are more biblical-based motivations for guiding people. So let's go ahead and jump right in, and let's start out with the three lesser motivations. We'll go with the, the negative side of it first, and then we'll end this podcast episode with the more positives. So here it is, lesser motivation number one, you like or love helping people. The first lesser motivation is that you as a ministry leader simply like, or you might even say, I love helping people. And so this motivation puts within you a strong desire to help individuals because you just love helping people and you love being a help and you really like being there for people when people need you or people need somebody is there. I know that that motive sounds good on the outside. But if you look at it, that motive is not very good. Because what it does is the idea of you love helping people becoming a motivation. If you break down that thought and ask why, well, then the why to why do you love helping people will, if you're completely honest with yourself, most often be rooted in you. It'll be rooted in your own selfishness. It'll be rooted in your own self-arrogance. It'll be rooted in your own pride. Never, ever, ever can personal selfishness, pride, or arrogance be a motive for helping individuals because it will negatively impact the Spirit of God that flows through you. But most people, I would say, fall into this category. That's why this is number one of the three. You help people because you love helping people. The problem is you love the sense that you get when you see somebody walk away from you that's helped because it makes you feel like you accomplished something. Or you love helping people because as you help people, it gives you a sense of significance or worth or you feel valuable or important to the cause of Christ whenever you feel that you are guiding people in a more positive way. But do you see that each one of these ends up being all about you? And it is a direct contradiction of what you say you're doing. You are trying to help people because you say you love helping people, But the problem is you love helping people because you love the way it makes you feel. That means that your motivation is all about you. So a lesser motivation, number one, is you like or love helping people. Lesson, lesser, excuse me, motivation number two, you love people. Similar but different. In the first one, you like or love helping people. Now you love people. And there are many individuals that see nothing wrong with this. Of course, you know, just like we did, we're going to show you how wrong it is. 
You know, often we go to people and we want to help or guide them because we love people. And because I love you, I want to help you. And so you are willing to invest into people's lives simply because you love them. And you might even say that. I feel that God is leading me to do this because I love people. The problem with that being a motivation and what makes it lesser is that there will be times when people will be unlovely, unloving or unlovely, whichever one you want to say. If you love people and love for people is your motivation for helping and guiding them, it will be an insufficient motivation because there will be many times that the people whom you say you love that you're trying to help will be very unloving to you. There are times where you're throwing yourself out there trying to help them, and they won't even respond to a text message. Or you're putting yourself out there on a limb, going out of your way to be a benefit or assistance to them, but every time you leave a voicemail, they won't call you back, or they're always you know, ignoring your calls. Or when you start seeing them in public, they seem to ignore you, or they go around you, and suddenly the people have fallen off the face of the earth. There are even times... When you're guiding someone and helping them and you think you're going places and then you find out that that individual has actually said something negative about you. What happens when the individual becomes unlovely? Is your desire to help them less? If you're going to be honest with yourself, the answer is yes. When someone rejects you enough, you pull away. When someone doesn't answer your phone calls, you quit calling. When someone keeps going around you so that they don't have to see you at church or wherever else it might be, then after a while you just surrender and say, okay, I won't do that. When an individual talks about you or says something, even though you've tried to help them, you become sort of offended at them and really don't seem to think more negatively of them than positive. You see, if you're helping to guide people in their growth because you love them, I know that sounds really sweet and really good, but it's a lesser motivation because the people will be unlovely. They will. I promise you they will because even I will be unlovely at times because that's human nature. That's sin. And if you're doing things because you love people, then when the people become unlovely, the honest truth is you will not be as motivated to do things for them. And the problem with that is the times that they are the most unlovely is probably when they need the most help. But because your motivation is you love them, then their times of being the most unlovely is when you are the least motivated. And all of a sudden, the lesser motive is completely exposed. All right, so lesser motivation number one, you love helping people. Lesser motivation number two, you love people. Lesser motivation number three is you are aware of someone's struggle. You are aware of someone's struggle. Now, this is a very common motivation. You simply become aware that somebody is struggling. Now, how you become aware of that could you know be quite different. You just might see that their spirit has changed, so you figure something is going on. Or somebody used to be so faithful and so consistent, and now they're not around very much, so clearly there is a struggle in that. It could also be that they have told somebody else, and that somebody else has told you, and so now you're aware of their struggle. And once you have this awareness, human human tendency kicks in and says, okay, so that means I need, I'm now motivated 
to offer help to them. Because I am aware of their struggle, I am now obligated, motivated, or responsible for offering them help because I have a certain level of awareness of what's going on. Now, here is the problem with that. Just because we have an awareness doesn't give us the right, the authority, or the license to speak into someone's life. In fact, an awareness that you reveal you have can sometimes hurt the person more than it can help them. I'll give you an example. Let's say there's a couple, a husband and a wife. They're having something that is going on between them. To one individual, it is very personal. To the other individual, they're just a little bit more open. So that individual that's a little bit more open starts talking. As they start talking, more people become aware this marriage is having an issue. To the one more private spouse, it is very important that this stays between them and that this is something they can work through in their own way. Yes. And maybe at some point they're going to need help, but not yet. Not together. But let's say the one spouse that's more talkative continues talking and it spreads and it spreads. Finally, their information arrives at the ears of an individual who is going to use this lesser motivation. Because I am aware of their struggle, I am now responsible for doing something about it. So this individual goes up to the more private spouse and says, I want you to know that I am here for you and I want to talk to you and I want to help guide you. Now, how do you think that more private spouse is going to respond to that situation? The truth is, it's not going to help. It's actually going to hurt their marriage more than it's going to help them. Now, it was good that someone that developed an awareness went and tried to help. It seemed good, at least, but it actually became more hurtful. Because let's say that couple then walks away. While one spouse was private and hoping that they could work through it on their own, the other one talked. Now the one spouse that is private feels uncomfortable and no longer wants to return to the setting that they feel people must be talking about them in. And there you have it. A well-meaning believer who wanted to help acted with the lesser motivation that says, if you're aware of the struggle, then that's why I'm going to help because awareness leads to my willingness to help. And yet in that case, and many other cases, it hurts more than it helps. Here is the thing. Awareness does not mean that you have to kick into action to fix it for them. But awareness always means that it leads you to prayer. There are times that God will bring an awareness to you in one way or another, and the awareness that he brings to you is not so you can try to fix it. Because the truth is, the most powerful way for an individual to grow is to grow directly in their relationship with Christ and let Christ grow them through it. Do you think Christ can grow people through things without you or me? I do. I have no question about that. He doesn't need me to help every person work through their challenges. So what does it mean when I develop an awareness? It means I immediately pray. That's what it means. So let's go ahead and mention again the three lesser motivations. Lesser motivation number one, you love helping people. Lesser motivation number two, you love people. And lesson 
lesser motivation number three, you are aware of someone's struggle. Now that we've reviewed the three lesser motivations, let's go ahead and talk about more biblical motivations for guiding people who are growing in Christ, for guiding people who are in this process, guiding people who are going through these challenges and these inner struggles. All right. Motivation number one, because Christ is worthy of everyone being like him. That's motivation number one. The most important motivation that we have for guiding people is that Jesus Christ is the only one who is worthy of our whole life being dedicated to. And the truth is, Jesus Christ is the only one that is worthy of all people being like him. And when I look at individuals and you as a ministry leader look at individuals and you know that people are going to be growing, but what is the proper motivation? The proper motivation is still a focus on Christ, that Christ is the only one who is worthy of every single human being being just like him. And that's my primary motivation is that Christ is worthy of every person being just like him. That's motivation number one. You see how different that motivation is already from the previously mentioned ones? That's why they are lesser motivations. Because those motivations are almost entirely, all three of them, based in you, yourself. This is the exact opposite. This motivation verifies that your willingness to guide people really has nothing to do with you. And it has everything to do with Jesus Christ. Because he is the only one that is worthy of everyone being like him. And your desire to guide other people has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with the other person. It really has everything to do with Jesus Christ. And because of that, your willingness to help people spans the entire spectrum. It doesn't matter their age. It doesn't matter their gender. It doesn't matter how what their wealth. It doesn't matter their status. It doesn't matter whether they know or don't know anything about Christianity. None of that matters because it's really not about them. It's about Christ. This is a primary motivation. Number one, Christ is worthy of everyone being like him. All right, number two is that God has put people in front of you who have a desire for you. All right, so this is an important motivation. All right, once you are set with motivation number one, which is I just want to help people because I Christ is worthy of everyone being like him. And if I can help someone be more like him, absolutely. Not for the person, not for me. It's all for Jesus Christ. All right, so then the second one is closely connected. Because the second one means that God has put people right in front of you. And those people that he has put in front of you seem to be so placed there by God that they have a desire for you. In other words, those people are right there in front of you by God, and they want to be helped by you. You see, there are going to be a lot of people that you are going to know that are going through the struggle that need help. The truth of the matter is some of the awareness, most of the awareness you have of people who are going through this process in their life is not for you to help them by speaking to them. It may be you help them by praying for them. But every now and then, God is going to put someone right there in front of you. 
I mean, your paths are going to cross. There's going to be a similarity of what you're going through, maybe a similarity of the stage of life. One way or another, they're going to be standing right there in front of you, and they are going to be acknowledging to you that they need help. They have a desire, an eagerness, a hunger to receive help from you, where you're going to almost look at the situation and say, God put them right in front of me. It is very clear that this individual right here in front of me is placed in front of me by God so that I could offer them help. Okay, that's a second motivation because God has put them right in front of me and they want help. I don't have to force it down their throat. I don't have to try to beg them to let me help them. God put them in front of me and they're asking for my help. All right, that's motivation number two. Now, not only are you doing it because it's all about Christ, it's not about the person, it's not about you, it's all about Christ, that's the first one. The second one, now you're doing it because you know God put them in front of you. And when you know God put them in front of you, then you are so on mission that you know God is working on their heart, God is working on your heart, and God has brought you together, and there is a very clear unity in this desire. Now, motivation number three is that the Spirit is providing definite leading. The Spirit is providing definite leading. You will know when the Spirit of God is so powerfully working inside of you that it has nothing to do with selfishness. It has nothing to do with the individual. You will know when the Spirit is guiding you in such a definitive way that He has somebody in front of you that is asking for it, and the Spirit of God gives you such insight and such guidance and such a biblical awareness that, that you know this is a complete God-ordained, led situation. Now, we're going to divide, dissect that part number three on when the Spirit guides and how you become aware but first, just be, uh, know that this has to be your third motivation, is that the Spirit is definitely leading you. So you know if you don't help this person, you're sinning. That's how strong the Spirit is leading you. It's not just you feel bad or you feel guilty or you hate seeing them hurt or you're just aware or any of the other things. It is now that the Spirit of God is providing such definite leadership. You know that if you don't help, you're going to be doing wrong. Listen, ministry leaders, I want to help us know how to guide people who are growing because people are growing at a significant pace right now. I've never in a ministry seen so much personal growth in individuals, and I mean that. I have never, ever seen it like this. But if we're going to be able to truly help people, our motivation has to be correct. So that's why we have dedicated an entire podcast episode to motivation for guidance. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we'll make sure to continue to provide us leadership on how to guide people who are experiencing the deep growth of Jesus Christ. Until our next episode, we'll see you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Sharper Edge Ministries podcast. Today's episode empowers us to impact lives for all eternity. Together, we are making a difference for Jesus Christ. 